Jonas. We need your help. We're detecting increased aquatic activity 25,000 feet deep in the trench. It's an ancient ecosystem untouched by man. Whatever is down there is trying to make its way to the surface. This is a bad idea. Just a little bit. Da, 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 da. You sound insane. You realize that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. We're rounding out the summer movie season. Meg heads on on Mad About Movies, and because we're talking Meg too, and you know. We're rounding out summer movies when the Meg comes around every couple years. And that, that's fine. That's good. We'll talk about why in this episode. Bye, bye, movies. I'm Kent. Joined by Brian and Richard. What's going on, guys? How we doing? Are we ready for the fall? I would love the fall. I saw a TikTok, which is where I get all my information, obviously. Um... I saw a TikTok talking about seasonal depression as it relates to um, Texas heat instead of what we normally think of <laughs> seasonal depression. I was like, "Yeah, I've had it, man. I've had it with this heat. It, yeah, I, I would, I would welcome the fall. Can't let's let's bring that on for the for the week and a half that we get fall here in Texas. The means of survival include stay indoors. <laughs> yeah. That that takes something away from the experience of life, right there." One of my favorite things about like right now, and by favorite, I mean the dumbest things is like, if you go to the grocery store, there's all these like Oktoberfest beers and Starbucks is their pumpkin spice latte stuff going. You're just like, it's 109 degrees. I just, there's no world right now for me where these things are, are involved. So, uh, yeah, it's a, (laughs) it's, this is a stupid state. I don't know why we live here. Well, hopefully you spent a lot of time in the theater this summer. I know I did. Felt like an unusually busy summer, movie-wise, for us. I don't know if that's the case. Brian, you probably have crunched the numbers on that already. It has been a busy... Yeah, it's been busy this year. I've been thinking about it. Of course, we had the Barbenheimer weekend. If not for Barbenheimer, would this movie summer have been a massive disappointment? So here, my thing is, and I think I said this on an episode at some point, I think that if you looked at the total dollars spent at the box office, even without Barbie and Oppenheimer, I think that as a whole, the, the studios are probably probably fine with where we, where we ended up. It's, it's a lot of money that flowed through the theaters. It just is really spread out. And I don't know, Richard, if you have any thoughts on that, you're, you're a business guy before me even, but, but. It does seem like this 2023 is sort of the catch up summer for 2020 and 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 all the covid cancellations and stuff there was a lot of movies pushed and obviously we got several of them last year but then that resulted in like Mission Impossible gets pushed from 22 to 23 and some others along the line and it seemed like I mean in the in the the entire time that we've been doing this podcast in the summer there's almost never been a week from if not early May, then mid May, certainly through the beginning of August where there wasn't at least like one movie coming out that we're going to talk about. That's like a quote unquote, a big movie this year, maybe more than others. It's felt like there's like two or three 
mid plus movies, like slightly bigger than 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 a middle of the road movie, but but not maybe not quite as big as as uh, it 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 should have been or wanted to be or whatever. You know, you look at like the Flash and Elemental come out on the same week, and the Flash kills it that first week, and then Elemental I think is over like four hundred and fifty million worldwide now, and is doing doing pretty well. And the Flash was a huge huge bomb for for DC and Warner Brothers. I just think that that there was a lot of movies to spread your money out to. And then obviously, you know, uh Barbenheimer kind of if it needed saving saves the whole summer and gives something to to really look at as like hey, that was a great time we had at the theaters this summer, you know. But I just think there was a ton of movies and everybody is just kind of uh everybody spread out their dollars a little bit this time around. Feels like yeah, I think there's something too. Like, I don't know what the learnings will be from it. There will be some, and, and many of them, I'm sure, will be good. But like, we've had such a, you know, the the term formulaic on these movies for years. It's not necessarily always a diss on the movies, like the plot of the movies, but it it used to be a real a real business formula, right? Of like mm. a certain type of tone, a certain amount of sci-fi or world building or superhero a um property an established property that you could get you know ip out of equaled 80 percent of the time that's a hit you know and you're going to make money on it and you'll get what you spend forexed and it became a formulaic way to make movies i think this um, year has proven that formula to no longer be accurate and it's it, it will be interesting to see what the next uh you know these it's a it's an it's an industry of a lot of innovation. It's also an industry of a lot of imitation. And mm. they what what they try to replicate and like um learn from Barbie and from Oppenheimer. You know, Oppenheimer's harder. Not that Greta and that group isn't aren't auteurs as well, but that was like at least IP, interesting take on it. Some, you know, movie stars and in, in Robbie and Gosling. So like I think studios will just kind of leave the Christopher Nolan piece alone with Oppenheimer and say, yeah, that that's Christopher Nolan. He operates outside of what we try to replicate, but I, mm. it will be interesting. And we've seen rumors and, and things on what they try to replicate with Barbie. There's real things to be learned there. Like less, you know, movies for less seen audiences, um, you know, a fun uplifting type of not funny. Cause it became sort of a, uh, it's there's some depressing parts to Barbie. Really innovative, intuitive, aesthetically pleasing marketing. You know all these lessons that can be learned from that movie, and it, I I hope that those are learned. That you can take something that is IP and make it feel original. It's like it's almost like we had never seen a Barbie before, even though we've known Barbies our whole life. I worry that they're just going to be like, and now we make you know, slinky movie, yes, and and yes. with a fun, probably just throw money at, yeah. yeah, exactly. So. Um, that'll be interesting to see what comes out of it. I don't know. It's definitely a, a bounce back a bit for theaters, which is great. But I, I, I worry still if if those kind of superhero movies, even Marvel, are not like money in the bag, like mm-hmm. easy money. I mean, I know it gets annoying. I'm I whine about it more than anyone. I get old, you know. I get tired of them. I reach my boiler, boiling point with them. But if that's not something they can count on as tent poles, mm-hmm. I worry what they'll fill in those gaps with and if they can, and then we have a strike. So 
Right. That'll help. Um, yeah. I don't know about next summer. You know. Yeah. Right. What's right. What's interesting also about Barbie being the number one movie of the year uh, in the U.S. is the fact that it's a straight comedy. When's the yeah. last time a comedy was the number one movie, and it wasn't a superhero movie or Fast X or something like that or animated? You know, I think that's that says something too. Is that it's uh, people like funny movies mm-hmm. if they're done well, they'll go they'll go see them multiple times. They'll laugh. They'll they'll bring their friends. So far yeah, in two 2000- thousand. It, go ahead, Richard. Sorry. No, no, I didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry, I was just trying to support your point there. It stinks that people don't go, though, to more funny movies. Yeah. You know? I, I uh, a couple weeks ago, went and saw Strays. Yeah. The Will Ferrell, Jamie Foxx sure. dog movie. I swear, I I haven't laughed that hard in a year, two years. Yeah. I mean, I was laughing so daggum hard. Of course, and it made no money. Yeah, it's yeah. probably already out of the theaters. Mm-hmm. Right. But I was like, this is the funniest thing I've seen in in a long oh. time. I was laughing very hard. The dog humor was so spot on. The performances, animation, it was all great. And uh, no one cared. So I don't know. Maybe, you know, I I think we, we all, I mean, we've given a ton of credit to, to Greta and credit should be given to Greta for her vision for that. But we can't act like the IP of Barbie had nothing to do with the success of the movie as well, right? I think that is a huge part of it, yes. And the lesson learned, I think, will be, oh, we need more nostalgic 90s properties that we can flip around and do in a fun way. Uh, I don't know if that's the right lesson. The right lesson should be, hey, (laughs) hire somebody who has an interesting take on whatever it is you're doing. It was immediate. It was immediate. Warner Brothers is like, here's the... Totally cinematic movie. universe. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah. guys, that's not that's not why this worked. Like, it's just it's unreal how quick Hollywood is to to learn the exact wrong lesson. It's it's really incredible, honestly. Exactly. It, so far in 2023, there has been 600 million mm. tickets sold in nice. the U.S. Last year, there were 700 million sold total so we're about a billion dollars away from uh, where we ended up last year top gun maverick yeah took in almost 70 million tickets and right now barbie's at 56 million with mario brothers was 54 behind it so puts in perspective how big top gun maverick was and the fact that it sold almost 20 million more tickets than barbie did at this point maybe barbie's got 20 million more in it honestly might and uh, last year, the second one was Black Panther at, at 40 million. So there's a big drop off last year mm-hmm. between Top Gun Maverick and like the rest of the pack. This one feels like it's Barbie and, and Super Mario, and then everything else mm-hmm. is kind of right together. Mm-hmm. The uh, Spider Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, Oppenheimer, Little Mermaid, Avatar, still number seven of the year because it came out Christmas mm-hmm. last year. Right. And then Ant Man, John Wick 4. And Sound of Freedom. Nice. So four of the top 10, three of the top 10, still Marvel. So we like to talk about them falling off maybe, but I mean, I don't know. They're still doing good when it comes to the the overall charts. Yeah. But the, I mean, the investment on those is a lot higher than some of the others too. So right. they're break even. I mean, they're break yeah, they're profitable still, but they need those to like 
really penetrate, and they are not doing so at the same. You know? Guardians of the Galaxy is almost almost made bil- a billion dollars. Yeah, though. that one is that one's done fine for sure. Yeah, but even that one got kind of had to grind a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, um, I think opening weekend for Guardians was like one forty. I feel like we all said at the time, like, uh, that might be a little bit of a a bad omen for some of this. Like it's fine for Ant-Man to do what it did in February, especially given the reviews of that movie. But guardians was getting great reviews, had good trailers, big buzz end of a series were a, a branch of series that has done very, very well. And, and yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's, I'm sure they're happy to bring in whatever, what, $850 million or 900 or whatever it is. But, um, it's kind of had to grind to get there. And that, that's a little bit surprising and should almost be more of a talking point in boardrooms than even Ant-Man or, or the flash in some ways. It's just in terms of like the trends of, of is, uh, is this a, is the superhero thing as viable and bankable as, as it has been for the last decade? You know, that's, that's a major point. I feel like. Yeah. What if I had told you that sound of freedom was going to make more than mission impossible in Indiana Jones? Yeah. Yeah, Indy's about is a tough one. That that felt like uh, no, in the U.S. only though. Yeah, I should say, right? Because it was Cause all all their money about. was in yeah. the U.S. Kidnapping. Right. Indiana Jones uh, ended at three seventy one. I would have thought double that. That's bad. Easily, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mission Impossible five fifty two. Yeah, worldwide. Yeah. I would have thought still double climbing, that too. Still doing a little bit of business, but like it needed like six hundred to break even, I think something like that. So, yeah, yeah Fast X made more than yeah. Mission Impossible, uh, two hundred million more, seven hundred million for Fast. I wonder X. in hindsight if they would just. I say they. It's it's not a they. It's Tom Cruise. But like, would you just leave it in around the exact same time in twenty two and? live with you have two movies in the top five basically at yeah. that point because top gun maverick was still crushing two months into its run versus hey a week later the biggest movie event of the year is coming out and you're just gonna get complete i saw mission impossible like last week i totally because i was out of town the week we did that episode and i just kind of forgot that i hadn't seen it and i love those movies i loved it. i enjoyed you know i had a great time with it but it just it's staying power so short because of yeah. because of Barbenheimer. It's it's a yeah, that was a that was a weird one. Pretty crazy. Well, the movie we're talking about this week as the main movie of the week is the Meg Two, because we are at the end of the summer. Not a lot out there right now. Mm-hmm. I know we a lot of people are begging for our Gran Turismo semicolon based on a true story review. Which might still come, but we got to get to Meg Talk this week. <laughs> we, I think, all were kind of fans of the first one. Am I wrong? I liked the first one enough. I thought it was a bad movie that I kind of enjoyed. So that's most state of movies. I feel R- like. Richard, do you remember seeing the first one? Um, yeah, I think so. It's called The Meg, by the way. Okay. Yeah, I do remember that. Does that ring a bell? Yeah, no, I I remember (laughs) that. Um, Yeah, I'm a Statham guy, so I I, this was fine for me. Yeah, I I liked it. Statham has not aged in 25 years. Have we talked about that? No, he hasn't. Yeah, no, he 
looks exact same. Pretty incredible. Yeah. That's when the premature balding is pretty clutch. You know, if you've got the right head for it. Dude, he yeah, looks if good you bald, can, he can get, just get in early on that, like Vin, yeah. you know, yeah, you can, you can ride that wave. <laughs> yeah. Got him. So yeah. to speak. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know you were such a Statham P1. That's a, that's an interesting. Oh, yeah. Big bank job nugget. guy. Bank job's great. I watched it probably a month ago. Yeah. Because I hadn't seen it in, in a while. Really fun movie. That uh, Statham's 56. Wow. He does not look, he looks 36. Yeah. He's looking 38 since- like he was 20 2000 yeah <laughs> since italian job <laughs> yeah crazy. so we all enjoyed the meg i guess i speak for you brian uh if yeah. you enjoyed it good enough it, it i rewatched made... it a couple of weeks ago and i was like yeah okay. i was right this is not a good movie but but uh it's it's kind of funny. i don't remember anyone that was in it besides statham i'm gonna guess was samuel l jackson in it no that's deep blue sea okay i was like sounds like a movie he would be but... in um, Rain Wilson is in it. Of course he is. Obviously. I also did not yeah. remember that. I was like, wait, what? Rain Wilson? Yeah, he's like the, he's the, maybe the second build actor in the movie. That first one made $500 million. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did real well. And so I was excited for this. I was like, wow, well, they learned the right lessons from the Meg. <laughs> did they understand why people enjoyed it? Uh, the answer is no, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> what I want from this, you got to go full, you got to go full cocaine bear, Sharknado <laughs> with this bad boy. You cannot act like this is serious in any way. And it's not fully there. I wish it was. This movie seems to be made strictly for China. And yeah. I think it mm-hmm. paid off because it's made $300 million internationally <laughs> of the $350 million it's made. So... Uh, you know, yeah. props to them. I've talked to a single that. person in on these shores who has seen this movie, but it uh, yeah, it did well, yeah, did well overseas. Yeah. And so it definitely had that stench to it very early on. Like, oh, they don't get it at all, and it never really faded away. And this might be one of the dumbest movies we've ever talked about on the on the podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, but I, I'm kind of excited to watch it again. It's so bad, it's good. <laughs> but not not as bad as it should be. They need to lean into the badness more. It's a movie about megalodons. Come on. <laughs> Brian. Yeah. Um, here's my number one issue with this. Way too many humans, not nearly enough megalodon. <laughs> it's called Meg2, not Asian businessman on a jet ski like come on like just that was actually the title of it internationally so <laughs> yeah. that's why, why it was why it Taylor was so Parsons was on the median tour he was on right whenever Graham Norton is in Shanghai right. it was just Chandler Parsons <laughs> it's just I in hindsight I wish I would have watched this with like a stopwatch <laughs> to just like take keep track of the um the length of time between eye rolls when there is a shark on screen and when there is not a shark like there had to have been a 45 minute stretch where it's just humans talking and doing bits and not i appreciate that this doesn't take itself seriously i like that for the most part i mean there's a it doesn't like i think it does for the first like 20 30 minutes and then there's this i don't know I don't know that there is a a moment where it's like there it is they get it it but it does sort of start to seem like all right 
we know why we're here, right, guys? Like, let's just, it's, it's like, uh, when one of the guys, like, is like, oh, by the way, I, uh, I spent the last four years learning how to, to like, do, uh, karate and stuff because he's because he's not going to be I, I learned to swim I got a gun now like all these things he's like I'm not getting left behind again and it just it's kind it's real dumb and real and there's a lot of as the movie goes the humans start to be like all right maybe we're maybe we just be stupid like that would probably fit well with what we're talking about here and the subject matter of the movie but yeah way too long of stretches without any sharks in a movie that is about gigantic ancient sharks i feel like well so, dude they just took inspiration from jaws bro you don't want to see <laughs> yeah, the shark yeah, you gotta, man. gotta keep the gotta keep the monster at bay yeah everybody know yeah uh-huh. <laughs> no just put it's it's the whole deal is megalodons but not just a megalodon like lots of megalodons and then also some dinosaurs for some reason and i just feel like you know, shark dinosaurs—they gotta—they gotta be on screen like two times more than people, instead of the opposite is what we get here. Yeah, yeah I would love to see the like actuarial math and/or cost-benefit analysis on like getting the perfect amount of sharks and dinosaurs into this, or the le- the least amount that will still keep the audience to come in, yeah. right? Because those right. cost money. Right. So it's like I'd yeah. love to see because this is not a movie that's written like with words. I feel like this is a movie that's written like in PowerPoint and uh I'd love <laughs> in Excel. And I'd love to so it's the like international 100- language, PowerPoint. Yeah, exactly. So it's like a hundred and thirty million dollar budget. And you know there are like meetings of like, yeah, okay. Currently we have twenty two minutes of Meg in Meg two. <laughs> um I think we've run this, we've got a you know we got Billy Bean's whole team on this and we think we can get that down to 19 and still make $350 million yeah. in China. Right. Um, so I think that would be my answer to that. And they, you know, you can't argue with the results. Right. Right. And I've always called Paige Kennedy, but the Scott had a bird of acting. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's you have always said that to You've your point, Richard, can you sacrifice some of the dinosaurs for more Meg? I want more megalodon. Yes. I don't 1 want one billion percent yeah, lizard we have dinosaur, so many dinosaur fights. No dinosaurs. Why, is this, why are we doing yes. this? I just yes. kept asking myself. This is not <laughs> what I paid for. This is not like this is <laughs> right. the Godzilla cinematic universe. And when Mothra shows up, it's like, oh, okay. I kind of understand this. There's no no reason for a dinosaur no. other than just to have <laughs> dinosaur on a beach scene. And right. as that was something we needed. There was it's, one thing I yeah. was kind of in favor of, which was giant octopus. I mean, give me more of that. Yeah, we get that. That makes sense, right? Yes. Like we get, bringing a kraken into this, we understand. Um, the the hyper evolved dinosaurs not necessary. I don't think. But yeah. too bad they didn't catch any, you know, because then they could do a little auction and kind of fund their nonprofit for a little while, and it would have been great, you know. Maybe get three, four million dollars for one of those dinosaurs would have been great. I think, but. Uh, too bad. I thought it was so funny the lack of care for the depth that they are. <laughs> They're in the Marianas Trench, and Statham goes out and swims in it. <laughs> He's like, "Dude, if I just hold my breath in the right way, my my brain won't explode." Watch this. Right. <laughs> he yeah. just goes and swims through it, and then they put on these spacesuits that I guess you can walk through the ocean. James Cameron. 
had an aneurysm watching this movie. <laughs> we just learned about pressurized things going down there, and these guys are walking around and without a helmet, swimming through it. But that's way more interesting if they're being circled by a megalodon instead of weird fighting the mining guys and creatures and yeah. dinosaurs and stuff. Like it just. We're here to see the sharks, guys. That's it. That's it. I want to be, I want to be freaked out by a shark that cannot possibly exist because I am terrified of sharks in the water. Like that's that's why I'm here because it's so stupid, and also just a tiny bit terrifying for me personally. Like let's any any minute that is wasted on not a shark on screen is a bad minute. I feel like with this thing, you know what this needs to be. You remember the Piranha remake? <laughs> yeah, Piranha 3D. Yes, <laughs> needs to be in 3D. Christopher Lloyd. Let me bring back some 3D. That was. We're due for another weird 3D craze, right? And then about Probably. four or five years, it'll be back. Yeah, it's 4D though. Well, this time, mm. so be ready. 4D. 4D, 4D <laughs> sells itself. You know. You know, I complain about overshirts in movies. What was with backpack guy in this? <laughs> He had, to, he had to have his MCM backpack on, <laughs> swimming <laughs> through places, climbing up stuff. That was pretty amazing when he pulled out the gun, though. These, these are such knockoff, fast characters. It's it's kind of hilarious at this point. Yeah. All right, we need the gadget guy. <laughs> we need the guy who doesn't know what he's doing. We need the guy who can kick everyone's butt. <laughs> and... uh it's a pretty bad ripoff of that. So my biggest complaint would be not enough dumbness, honestly. <laughs> and I say that as this being the dumbest movie I've seen in years. <laughs> it would be better if it was more dumb. Yeah. I don't know. That, that's a compliment I would rarely use on a movie. No, I'm 100% with you. I I needed this to be stupider i just needed to know what it is or why people are here to see it but look it made 300 million dollars overseas so they're smarter than us i guess when it really comes down to it but i just feel like there's a there's a real misunderstanding of why we're here to see these movies so. it felt like like the bad jurassic reboots at yes. the end like yes. i got that Better same those, sense but yeah yeah and just how it was shot the uh the creatures themselves the only thing really worth seeing in this movie, in my opinion, is Statham on the jet ski, yeah, fighting the yeah. thing, and then the the ball, giant kill ball at the end. Are pretty cool too. Yeah, like the kill ball. at the end with the helicopter, whatever, just <laughs> yeah. insane. But we need like seven of those moments, not one, where it's just like, what? That right. was crazy. Yeah, and when they go, but when they end up at Fun Island at the end, I felt like oh, it's gonna make me think of Joe Blue. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Welcome to Fun <laughs> Island. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah that w that was an awful decision to to end up back in the basically the same exact scene as what the first one ends with, like all these people swimming on vacation mm -hmm. stuff, and it's just the it's just like a it's it's a who's who of just like awful people, and you're like, all right, that guy's gonna get eaten. All right, I know what's gonna happen here. That what that was. Uh, that was not a great choice. I feel like that was, there's things you can take. We get it when you're making movies like this. Like obviously, obviously you're not writing, um, the, the, you know, the greatest script that's ever been put to page, but, um, well, 
it doesn't have to just <laughs> repeat the previous movie like constantly like this one did and uh that was worse this, and this was worse than the first one on that so so poor choices i got when he dropped it, did get, it it got statham on a jet ski J- statham on a jet ski though mm-hmm. so there's that my fantasy football team name this year <laughs> i like it when statham drop kicks the guy into the meg's mouth as he's swimming by that was pretty funny right. too mm-hmm. yeah but yeah, yeah i hope meg three if they're smart they'll cross this over with meg in yeah it's just <laughs> meg three again yeah I'll give them all away. It's Meg okay. 3 and a Megan sequel. Right, right. Don't, Megan, Megan gets it. <laughs> that movie was self-aware. Love Did Megan. you ever watch it, Brian? Was that no, this year? No, yeah, no, it was, it was like January. Oh, was it? Yeah. yeah. Loved it. Yeah. I think you'd like it. You like Orphan. Yeah, it was fun. Super creepy. You like Chucky. I don't like, I don't like dolls. That's part of it. Oh. Saw Barbie. Haunted by the X-Files. Wow, get on. Twisted. You just got lawyered. <laughs> Saw Barbie. So do this you like that? figure. So. <laughs> do you believe hard enough? <laughs> Can they cross this over with Fast? Where we I'm, have Dom <laughs> fighting Megs. I'm in. The universal? Like, I, I feel actually like this needs to get dumber, like we said, and Fast needs to get a little smarter. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. For years, I felt like I felt like Fast was a movie that or a series that you could kind of hold up to studios and be like, hey, I'm not saying that that every movie needs to be dumb like this. I'm not saying um, you need to amp up the action or whatever. But like Fast had identity and really understood what it is. Delivered exactly on it. Yeah. Exactly. This is why people are coming to see these movies and this is what we do well. And and they've kind of that has dwindled over the last couple of fast movies and now and of course now is the time that studios are going to start you know trying to knock them off it's like no you you missed the window and you have you sort of have misunderstood now you're 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 kind of you're knocking off the bad part of this yeah. now and and uh it's the, I'm with you Richard the post- make this dumber and make that a little bit smarter i agree Fast five on, you know, that hot bottom, even fast four on was kind of a, a reaction to the reaction to Christopher Nolan. I felt like, mm-hmm. like everyone decided it has to be this like meditation on what it means to don the cape. And that's great when it's Christopher Nolan, because Christopher Nolan's a great writer and an even better filmmaker. Right. And sure. you can do that, but then no. And so, it felt so refreshing. It's like, nope, this isn't about that. It's just dudes riding cars and stealing stuff and being a family, you know? And uh, and so then, but then that moment wore off and, and, and then they just became kind of redundant a bit. Still love fast movies, but they kind of seem like they had the perfect level of self-awareness and now they seem contrived. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So now's the perfect time to knock them off. Yeah, I agree. With the Meg. With the Meg. With sharks. With sharks. Well, this is Warner Brothers production, so now we need a Batman v. Megalodon movie. Yeah, it's Joker. There'll be a Joker movie on. We need one more Joker. (laughs) We can only get... Only dream. (laughs) 
All right. David Ayer. 55 Jokers, 55 Batman, 55. It's not <laughs> mean, but it's the WB CEO. <laughs> All right. I'm going to give Meg to the trench. D minus. Wow. Brian. Um, I will go. It's better than the flash because of no. I'll go C minus. I'm with, with Brian. The option to drop that down later. I'll go C minus. All right. Well, two years from now, we'll be here on this date, this date and time to discuss Meg three. I'm sure. Way to, way to flush out the endorphins from the summer and move on to mm-hmm. the fall with some Megalodon. All right. Let's uh, move on and hit a weekly recommend. How about that? Weekly recommends. What you got, Brian? I'm going to give you a show on the old Lasso Plus that uh, it's, it's first season is done. I think it's getting a second season. I, I believe it is. So it's, it should be pretty safe. Uh, it's called Silo. It is a futuristic science fiction, I guess sort of, it, it is dystopian, but it, I don't feel like it, I feel like there's a certain tone you get with dystopian and it doesn't, that's like, you know, real depressing and dour. I don't, I mean, it is, it's, it's not really to that level. I don't feel like, but I read this book a few years ago um, and I really loved it so much so that I've continued to read books by this author, even though I don't really like any of the other books that he's written. It's just like, I keep hoping he's going to kind of, <clears throat> I don't know, find the magic again. Um, but it's got, uh, it's got David Oleowo and Rebecca Ferguson, who's everywhere right now. And, uh, a stable of other like, um, character actors, uh, that's uh, and the whole bit is it's somewhere in the future after some sort of a war or nuclear fallout and all of these people there's 10,000 people that live in this underground silo that's like 150 stories deep into the ground and they don't know they've lost their history so they don't know why they live here they don't know why they can't go outside they just know that they can't um and one of the characters is starting to uh, feel like that this is all a sham and trying to figure out um, a, if the outside world is as bad as it, they have been led to believe and B um, if not like why they are still stuck in here and what, what he can do about it. So um, it's really interesting. It looks very good too. Lindsay and I've been watching them. Um, We're like four episodes in, I think the last episode was one of the most intense hours of television I've seen in a long time. Like it was a very, very well shot, like 20 minute scene that never gets a break, you know, and um, it's just pumping intensity and stuff. And it was, it's really good. So I, I was a little nervous about it that I wasn't sure that it was going to adapt well from the book, but, um, but so far I'm, I'm really digging it. So silo on, on lasso plus is the, the, the recommend this week. Is it based on a episode of doomsday preppers? You have seen that the guy <laughs> buries a silo of, yeah. and yeah. Yeah, it's got lives a in it. to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, we're going to have to all little... lock up one day and we're going to have to be in here. And we're all like, yeah, right. And then yeah. 2020 hit and that guy was here we are. banking. Yeah. yeah. The book is called Wool. It's by Hugh Howie. Um, and he's written a couple of sequels. Uh, maybe one of them's a prequel. 
around wool. Wool is interesting because he he started writing it and publishing it um on his own, like on his website, basically. And so and then like very cheap novella form. So like I think wool is like seven novellas that then he kind of looped into one longer book when he got a publishing deal and stuff. And it's really good. It's very it's very good science fiction. Um everything else around that has been kind of mediocre. But uh anyway, so far really digging the the series. So and it it's already the first season, like I said, is already finished. So um, I'm playing catch up on it. But uh nice. check that out. What you got, Richard? Yeah, man, I've been in this window right now. Been crazy, a lot of crazy work stuff going on, a lot of crazy everything going on. So not too much content coming in except for like boring audiobooks that I would not uh, not recommend to just anyone. So I'm going to be a good friend here. I'm going to recommend all the athletics football content, including your podcast, get about oh, them Cowboys and a few others so that nice. you do. I'm going to be, uh, that's, that's really honestly, I've listened to a ton of it this month, getting ready for football season, for fantasy uh, sports and, and, uh, pick them leagues and all that stuff that I do in the fall, which is my want. And, uh, I've, uh, I've greatly enjoyed all the content you put out. I haven't told you that. So I'll tell you it publicly because if I don't do it publicly, like thoughts and prayers on Facebook, it doesn't count. Yeah. Yeah. And thus, true. so, so all the stuff you've been doing Kent, has been great. And, uh, there's also some great narrative things you've done as well that we've talked about a bit on the pod, but, uh, keep up the good work and uh, I will no longer be nice to you. That's so nice. Thank you very much. The athletic football show. Please subscribe if you like the NFL and you're going to follow the season. If it happens, I'm sure we will talk about it on there. I'm not on there, but I produce that show. The Cowboys one you can listen to if you want some Cowboys stuff. But uh, yeah, I appreciate that, man. That's that's very nice. And hopefully there's some listeners out there that also enjoy sports aside from movies like we do. I'm going to recommend a TV show. It's very funny. I don't know if you guys have watched this yet. It's called Stars on Mars. Have you watched this? I see the thing about. I love William Shatner, so I'm intrigued. It is basically remember that show that Armisen did with like Tim Heidecker, where they were on the Mars simulation, Mm. and they had to stay in this desert for however long to simulate what it would be like on Mars. So they did that basically with uh, eight or 10 celebrities and they have to compete to be survive essentially. Why I'm recommending this is because of American treasure, Marshawn Lynch, (laughs) who, I mean, you just get that guy, put a camera in front of him. I'm in. (laughs) I love that guy. And he's incredible on this. And there's one of the contestants that thinks Lance Armstrong is Neil Armstrong. So that's pretty funny. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't understand. (laughs) And uh, we've got uh, McLovin on there too. So what a a roster. Marshawn and McLovin. That's all you need to know. Work. 85 bears. Yeah. So (laughs) check that out. Very funny. Good idea for a reality competition. It's like Big Brother celebrity kind of. Something like that, but on Mars. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, check that out. It's fun. Stars on Mars. All right, there you go. There's Meg to the Trench for you. A little update on the year in cinema 2023 and some week recommends. How about that? But we've got more for you in the VIP this week as we are talking cutthroat. 
Island. Mm. And also, Rounders is celebrating an anniversary. So, Pokerheads, we'll see you in the VIP slash bar slash club slash casino. No, we got a casino going. Now, now I might hang out. All right, man, fam, and Megheads. See you at the cinema. Bye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. The salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again.